Jake, obviously a ton of questions yesterday on you know, hot seat and you know how is this v- being viewed by Jim Ursay and I think the embarrassment meter for Ursay was you know pretty high exiting Jacksonville on Sunday, but I think if you want to go higher on that meter, it would take such a performance inside of Lucas Oil Stadium, and I think the opponent would matter as well. And when I look at the schedule. And I look late next month, and I see the quarterback of a certain NFC team that comes to Lucas Oil Stadium on October 30th. If Carson Wentz and the Commanders beat the Colts at home and beat them by multiple scores, I honestly think that could be the exact event that Jim Irsay would need for him to boil over and make a midseason change. And now obviously, you know, leading into that game, you would have to continue down a path of, you know, struggling and, and you know, nowhere near, you know, above five hundred and things like that. But that to me would get I, I don't think Ursa's there now, but in a month from now, considering everything that happened with Wentz, his venom towards Wentz, if that happened in his own building. Okay, let me tell you something that I think <clears throat> that I might have in common with Jim Mersey. And then, Kevin, you've been around it. You worked inside the building. You know, you've got a, probably a better up or had a better up-close front-row seat here. But one thing that is a weakness of mine is that sometimes I let – I try not to, but I think we all do to an extent. I let personal interactions or experiences cloud sometimes – for better or worse, my perception or my analysis of things. And, you know, example given. I don't dislike Chris Ballard at all. I don't know Chris Ballard. Disingenuous to say that I do. I don't know that anybody knows him. I mean, we interact with him professionally, but that doesn't mean that we're like going over to his house for Thanksgiving or we know what he's like behind closed doors. So professionally speaking, I, I respect him and I don't dislike him at all. I, he's nice. Seems like a nice guy, right? But for example, I, I go back to, and I'm just being completely transparent here. When we had him on, and he, I thought was smug to, to you regarding the receiver stuff before that. Um, I thought he took a dig at me when he made the, the joke about having a college degree after I had just mentioned that I'm finishing college, and he said, well, I can get another job. I do have a degree. I Okay. So I think he's – so there's a little part of me deep down that has to stave the temptation of wanting to, like, be snarky about him because of a perception that I thought he was snarky towards us. There's a, an element of human nature that goes into that, and and for the most part I stave it, but – it would be disingenuous for me to to say that it's not there subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Is Jim Mersey the same way in that regard in the fact that he tries his hardest, understandably and respectfully so, to not be Bob Ursay, who would come down in the locker room after a game and fire a tight end on the spot or cut a guy or whatever else. I think Jim Mersey witnessed that and wants so hard to not be that guy, but are there still decisions that he makes or directions that he has the right to do as the owner of the franchise where he allows his personal interactions 
or vendetta, for lack of a better phrase, to come into play. Yeah, I don't think you can ever completely get away from it. It might lessen over time. It's clearly not anywhere close to the level of his father, but the Wentz situation in the you know dozen years that I've been around Jim Mersey and, and covered his football teams, I, I've never seen it. I've never seen it like that. I've never seen just such a personal. And for those that are the, for those that are about to jump in and write to us, I want to make clear here: that the more that I've talked about this, the more that I've researched is probably the wrong word. I don't want people sending us, calling us, tweeting us, or emailing us right now. Like you got to get over the vaccine thing. This, I'm not saying that has nothing to do with this, but there were. There were more things that took place between Carson Wentz and Jim Irsay or didn't take place. Completely aside from that, there was still enough in Jim Irsay's mind evidence of things that rubbed him wrong about Carson Wentz. And I also think this, Wentz, you know, putting the Wentz thing to the side for a second, Jake, in the 25, 30 years that Jim Irsay has been the owner of the Colts, I don't know if you've been at a point in a season where preseason expectations have failed down the path that this season has started so much. You know, they've obviously been a pretty good football team in the 25, 30 years that he's been the owner. And when they've been bad, well, it was kind of expected that they were going to be bad. Um, This right now is going down a totally different path from where, you know, for the most part, anybody – in particular him, thought this season would be. Um, I mentioned it before the start of the year, Jake, and certainly what's happened so far reiterates this for me. I don't understand why Chris Bowden and Frank Wright did not enter this season on a hot seat in Jim Mercer's eyes. And when you say hot seat, I think people immediately associate, if you think they should be on the hot seat, you think they should be fired. And that and that's not true. I mean, think about any walk of professional life you know, my wife works in sales. If she manages a team, if someone on her on her team isn't meeting specific numbers, whatever, they put you on a performance plan or, you know, she sits down with them and says, hey, you know, Tyler, w- w- you know, this isn't working out very well. We need you to get to this number by this date, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes that little kick in the ass is what that person needs. Honestly, it's when this Colts team has played their best. Under Frank Reich, when you got off to a one and five start in 2018, when you got off to whatever the start was in 20, uh, was it 2020? I guess you got off to kind of a rocky start as well. So for me, I think the results. I guess I think two things. One, I think some public accountability would do them well because I don't think it's been there from the owner. And again, I think that the Colts under Reich and Ballard have been at their best when their backs have been against the wall. And then two. Frankly, I just think the results merit it. When you haven't won a division title, it's the laughing stock of divisions in the AFC. You only have one playoff win in a handful of years. And again, I'll reiterate this a lot, Jake. When you go stopgap band-aid quarterback, when you go Rivers, when, when, when you make a move for Wentz, who was proven to a degree in the NFL, when you do the Matt Ryan thing, that means the expectations are higher. Right. There's not growing pains with a rookie QB in any of this. And you factor all that in, the seat should have been warm entering the season, and now the seat should be extremely hot after the start. What's interesting to me about the quarterback position and how it parlays into the brass of the Colts, 
I think Jim Mersey, and I'll give him a lot of credit here, when Jim Mersey got Peyton Manning and rode that high, that wave, that, you know, that dynasty, got him a new stadium, got him a Super Bowl. I think Jim Irsay was smart enough to know that it, he was dealing with or the the beneficiary of a generational-level quarterback that I don't think Jim Irsay ever truly, deep down in his heart, felt like it was strictly the organization that was winning those things as much as they were absolutely in the great fortune of Peyton Manning's greatness. And I think that he, he wanted the same from Andrew Luck. Bill Polian, I feel like eventually Peyton Manning's success and everything that came with it, that Bill Polian started to feel like that was actually Bill Polian that was building that greatness. And that Manning helped, but it was Polian's vision and Polian's greatness that was winning games and championships or a championship. I think Ryan Grigson got a lot of credit. I'm not saying Grigson himself touted the credit, but Ryan Grigson got a lot of credit, especially in the early years, for the greatness of Andrew Luck. And I don't think that Jim Irsay ever felt like, hey, this is the organization that's just brilliantly doing this. You know, I think he knew that Luck was also a generational talent. Chris Ballard now, from a quarterback standpoint, is riding the defection of Andrew Luck and continuing to use that far beyond, in my opinion, its expiration date. I mean, literally, it feels to me like in 2031 – the Colts are going to be seven and nine, and whoever's doing the morning show on this radio station is going to be saying, "Yeah, but you got to understand. I mean, Chris Ballard had you know Andrew Luck walked out on him twelve years ago. Probably Elijah. <laughs> it probably will be Elijah. But, but I so I give Jim Irsay that excuse is extinguished. It's gone. Not to a lot of people. I'm it, telling it, you, it should be. Though. I, I totally I, agree I, with I you. What you're saying. I mean, but... you and I are on the same page on that. What I'm getting at is simply the point that. I do think that Jim Irsay, in most circumstances, Jim Irsay kind of is able to remove himself and let things organically blossom and realizes that, you know, he's simply the one holding the water pail. Except for in the case of Carson Wentz, I think he took that personally. Nick says this, I can't believe after he was so embarrassed and pissed off to end last season that Irsay's not boiling over right now after two completely he awful may showings. I I think there's a level of you can be boiling, Nick, but again, there's obviously another rung on the ladder if you're going to make very uncharacteristic moves for really any NFL franchise. I mean, how many NFL franchises have, you know, axed a coach in the first half or the first quarter, I guess? Do you want to know, speaking of quarterbacks, you want to know the quarterback, Kevin, that I, I'm not going to say that I was ever a doubter of this guy, but I, want, I wondered if he was an NFL every day starting quarterback as opposed to novelty act that I give a lot of credit for because it looks like through consistency and and hard work and I think has always had a good attitude I look at now and I go you know what I, I do think this guy is a starting quarterback in the NFL and a pretty good one Jalen Hurts correct I was a doubter of Jalen Hurts I I, I I give a ton of credit to Jalen Hurts at Alabama for being the team guy when he was not starting anymore, and and then he gets drafted in the NFL and it's like, well, they're just he's being brought in as like a third down back when they want to possibly mix things up and maybe run the ball. And uh, listen, I watched him last night, Kevin. He's a good player. 
He's always been a, a has a leadership quality about him. I think a maturity about him. He's obviously can can mix things up with his legs, and has become I think more consistent at reads. And that goes to show. As I was watching that last night, I was saying to myself, "Here is Philadelphia that drafted him," and probably a lot of people wondered why because of Carson Wentz. Wondered why they drafted Jalen Hurts a few years ago. What was it, three years ago maybe? And if you give a guy time and you put him in the right situations and you don't burn him and beat him too bad from the get-go and let him organically grow, this is what you get. And Philadelphia now may have their guy for the next eight years. Now, you know who knows? Maybe the bottom falls out. But it seems as though their patience in him and their belief in him is paying off. It can be done. Two things I think to note on that as well, Jake. Credit to Nick Sirianni. Um, I think a lot of questions when he took that job, I even had some questions about him and for him making that work. You know, they were a very surprised playoff team, I think, to a lot of people last last season. Obviously off to a nice start this year. And then also, and you can point to Tua for this. We talked about you can point to Trevor Lawrence for this. Philadelphia has supported him. I mean, look at the trade That's for A.J. I mean. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Devontae Smith drafted high. I know Smith hasn't maybe lived up to that hype, but they have supported him. And I forget who, I think it was like Matt or Mark, someone um, messaged me the, the other day saying like, I was never a Wentz fan, but you know, it looks to me that people owe him an apology. You can't blame the wide receiver tight end group that Matt Ryan had Sunday and then act like Wentz didn't work with the same group last year. But I would say to Mark, this group that Matt Ryan has right now, it's worse than what Carson Wentz had last year. Well, certainly it was on Sunday. I mean, you don't have Pittman out there. You know what I mean? You could even make the argument in week one. You don't have Jack Doyle? I mean, T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal would be much right. better than anything that you're throwing out there. Sands Pittman right. right now. There was a stat that, you know, that some of these next-gen stats, which is a big NFL, NFL-related stat, they, um, they have a stat called, basically it's a separation stat. You know, how much separation do wideouts, tight ends, pass catchers in general create? And Matt Ryan had the worst percentage in the NFL of open pass catchers of anybody last week, which I don't think is a surprise to any of us. Is, is Mo Cox still on the roster? Watching that. He's on your fantasy team. He got one foot down, right, in the end zone? Did he, did he even get a foot down on that one? He got one foot down. He definitely didn't get the second one down. How did you? Now, how in the world did you know he's on my fantasy team? In the because someone asked for a on our on our chat show chat asked about our fantasy standings, and I said, "Well, I'm off to a two and zero start." Jake got a win, and uh, Kevin got his doors blown. Got off a win. I think I had Whoa. the I had the you second did. highest point total in the league. I think, right? I thought I got a win one of those weeks. You got a win. Yeah, you're one and one. But this week was you barely cracked 80 i think mo alley cox by the way i put in a waiver claim i think i played this is how much i pay attention to fantasy i think i had michael pittman in the starting line i think you did uh, you got to you got to pass this week since you're on paternity leave well, let's not have that happen again let's yeah. just let, we want to put some respect on this show if my waiver claim goes through then mo alley cox is no longer a member <laughs> of the why not indiana just so you know stefan want to talk about frank reich and the qb blame stefan good tuesday morning Yes. Hey, so my thing is this. You can't really – Chris is not really tied into this. This is Frank going up to the gym and going, I can win right now if you give me the guy I want. 
if you would have just rode the whole wave of let's go with Jacoby and ride it all the way out, draft our quarterback and move on, we've been great. And also a part of that too, Jacoby also didn't have no nobody on that team when he was playing and he did pretty good for what he had. Nobody supported him for it. But hey, it is what it is, right? I think Jacoby Brissett is a perfectly sufficient stopgap starting quarterback in the league, and I think we've seen that at other places, right? I mean, you know, he's had plenty of opportunity to show, and that's not a knock on him, Stefan. I'm just saying, like, I think he's he's a perfectly sufficient carry you through to your point. I mean, it's a good point. He's a perfectly sufficient carry you through while a Jalen Hurts or somebody on your roster is brought in to learn the offense and slowly hand the keys over to. For whatever reason, the Colts have decided not to do that and always thought that they're going to get the big splash at the roulette wheel. And I'd, it hadn't worked out yet. I'd push back on the first statement that it's just right to blame for the quarterback decisions and right going to Ursay and saying, I can make it work with these guys. Is Wright doing that? Sure. But Chris Boward is over Frank Reich. It's Chris Boward's decision. Ultimately, he's the final sayer in what this roster looks like. And if he wanted to make a big-time quarterback move, he could try and do that Um, I definitely said it yesterday the moment Andrew Luck did what he did in August of 2019 Chris Bauer has got to get everybody in the organization that matters and says we have to do everything to try and exhaust each avenue each resource free agency trade draft etc to find the next quarterback and Ballard has not wanted to do that look at Buffalo last night Buffalo traded up, I believe it was twice to take Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, look at Kansas City coming in here on Sunday. They traded up, what, 15 some spots to get Patrick Mahomes? The Colts have been in draft positions, 13 overall when Tua went, you know, five and Herbert went six, uh, you know, 21 overall when they took Quiddy Pay. You're going to have to make big moves in those situations, but Ballard and Reich have been on the same page in putting off quarterback putting off the serious, albeit risky, but the serious, risky chance in trying to find a franchise quarterback. So, um, sure, Reich has had some say in it, but the hierarchy of how that organization works and the decision makers, Chris Bowers ahead of Frank Reich. So, he gets final sign-off. Hey, Jake, Jalen Hurts finished at Oklahoma, not Alabama, you doofus. He transferred because of Tua. Uh, Again, I mean that's uh, true, but you got called a doofus before eight a.m. But he, um, you know, when in the national championship game, for example, I can't remember if he was hurt, but he, you know, he played alongside of him, was very supportive of him when Tua was winning them games. Yeah, I mean, sure, he wanted to play. Matter of fact, he might have had one year eligible at. I can't remember how it went with the Oklahoma transfer, but if, my point being, he was a professional all the way through, and it did not hurt his stock. Speaking of Tua, I, that twenty twenty draft for quarterbacks. Good lord. Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Good grief. And that was when the Colts were 13 overall and traded for Buckner. Yes, correct. And again, right then and there, yeah, you know, Buckner, has there been nice moments lately? Of course, he hasn't impacted like you would want him to. But that's when you've got to sit down and say, before we even think about addressing the defensive tackle, we've got to figure out quarterback. Can we make a move? Is Jalen Hurts someone that you think is worthy enough to be drafted and develop? I mean, even wide receiver-wise, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson. I mean, jeez. Yeah, those are Chase names. Claypool. I, I can't believe you just got called a doofus, Jake. That's the way it goes, right?
Like, if you were going to tell me right now, Kevin, where did Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, and Kyler Murray start and end their college careers? There's no chance I could get the order of. Who was at Oklahoma? Who was at Texas Tech? Who was right. at Alabama? Like, who played for Cliff Kingsbury? Who played for Lincoln Riley? <laughs> There's no chance I could get any of that correct.